This is Wonder, the travel podcast where you can listen to conversations about experiences, adventures, and all things travel. My name is Christine Mitchie, and welcome to Wonder. Hey everyone, welcome to Wonder. Really excited to have you here and really excited to be talking about a wonderful place today that I've actually visited a couple times, and that is Coles Bay, Tasmania. Now, you might not have heard of Coles Bay, you might not have heard of Tasmania, but that's all right. We're going to talk about how wonderful Coles Bay and Tasmania is today. We'll be focusing on Coles Bay, but we'll talk a little bit about Tasmania as a whole and some of the really great things that you can do if you're visiting there. Tasmania is a really special spot for me because it was the first place I ever visited outside of Sydney, Australia, when I had first moved here back in 2018. I absolutely love Tasmania. Tasmania has so much to offer. And we'll be talking about Coles Bay today, but this is a first of a number of episodes that we'll do on Tasmania because I do love Tasmania so much. And I'll tell you a little bit about why. I think one, Tasmania has mountains. It's not really busy. There are not many people there. They have beautiful beaches and the hikes that they have, the bushwalks that they have are all so amazing. And the food here is really phenomenal. And it has just a really, a really different feel to it than a lot of other places do in Australia. And so I think that it makes it really quite a special spot, which I have been three times. I've, I've come to know Tasmania quite well. That is oftentimes three times as more than many Australians have been. It's it was really funny. Whenever I, when I first started going to Tasmania in 2019, when I would tell people that I was going to Tasmania, most Australians would tell me, I haven't even been to Tasmania, which I found really quite funny and, and sweet. It's kind of similar. And this is originally maybe why I picked uh, Tasmania to visit to first is it's similar to Montana and that many Americans haven't been to Montana it's not very populated and you can really go there to escape the city life, the busy life and get a nice reprieve from all the chaos and connect with nature, get outside, experience the outdoors and do all those things that you love that you don't get to do in the day to day. So I'm really excited to be talking to you guys about Coles Bay, Tasmania today. But before that, just want to give a little bit of an intro to everyone. First, thanks so much for joining us today. If this is your first podcast that you listen to, welcome. If this is your sixth podcast that you've listened to because we've done six so far, also welcome. Really happy to have you here today and really exciting to talk about such a great place and interesting week that we've had. So our first wildcard episode launched the other two weeks ago. We talked a little bit about jet lag. So if you're someone that suffers from jet lag, please have a listen. It's absolutely amazing what you can do to try to mitigate the side effects of jet lag. And so if you haven't listened to that, definitely check it out. And outside of that, things in Sydney are are going quite well. Uh, Hugh and I are getting closer to our Italy trip. So by the time this comes out, we'll be less than a month away. And so we're finalizing a lot of the details looking for restaurants and uh, you know I'm actually getting emails there's better deals on places to stay and whatnot so that's tempting and you know unfortunately we actually can't get out of our uh, one of our 
places that we're staying at actually has a pretty strict cancellation policy. So we can't get out of that, but that's all right. We at least have a place to stay in where we're one of the places that we're going Positano, which was actually so challenging to find. So I consider ourselves lucky that we even found a place that we could afford because it was so expensive, but that's going really well. And I also have a couple other legs after Italy that I'm doing one is for work and then one is with some friends. And so getting that plan, getting that dialed in, and we're also going to be moving here soon. So we are looking at apartments, which has been a pretty full on experience, but really fun. There's some great apartments that have come up. Sydney is in a rental crisis. So it's been really alarming a lot of the news this year on the availability and capacity of rentals in Sydney and the surrounding areas. So it's been something that we're quite nervous about when we were going in, but we've been able to find a number of good places. We started applying for one and we're going to view a couple more this week. Fingers crossed that that all goes well, but we're really looking forward to going to Italy. I'm really excited to share everything about the trip as we go along, as this is a little bit of a longer trip as well, which will be which will be really great. And we're going to a number of destinations. So we'll have podcasts for weeks coming out of this trip, which would be really fun. But outside of that, I hope everything going with you is is great. I hope that the week, day, month has been off to a really phenomenal start. And we're excited to talk about Coles Bay today. So let's get into it. As always, one of the first things that I like to cover is where is Coles Bay? Where is the location that we're talking about today? And before I get into that, I'm actually going to start with where is Tasmania? Tasmania itself is located on the southern part of Australia on the east side. So if you fly really directly south of Sydney, about two hours, you'll land in Tasmania. It is west of New Zealand, but it's still quite far south. And you can only really fly there. You can drive and take a ferry from Melbourne down to Tasmania, but it's really easy to fly there. The ferry is a full day ferry, I believe. Tasmania itself is an island. It is quite small and it's absolutely beautiful. The main cities are Hobart and Launceston. And I've been to Hobart a number of times. We'll definitely do an episode on Hobart, but that is one that I have planned to do with a friend of mine who I visited with. So we'll save that for that episode. But I've been to Launceston as well, just only really a drive through. So I haven't spent too much time there, but. I've loved Tasmania and it is a really wonderful spot to to experience. I'm excited to be talking a little bit about it today. Coles Bay specifically is located about two and a half hours north uh east, northeast of Hobart. So it's a little bit of a drive, but it's it's not too far and it's an absolutely beautiful drive if you do the drive, which you, you really do have to do the drive because you couldn't get there without doing the drive. But if it's a quick two and a half hours, and I am going to talk a little bit about what I really enjoy about this place, and then we'll talk about some of the things I've done there on the trips before and how to experience Coles Bay. Coles Bay is really lovely. And when I talk about Coles Bay, I haven't done a trip exclusively to Coles Bay. 
So this is just one stop on a trip that I've done really around the outer coasts of Tasmania. However, when we're covering it today, there's so much to cover that it would be really difficult for me to put it all in one episode, but there will be a time, and maybe I'll do this somewhere down the road, where I take the different episodes I'll do on Tasmania and then I'll kind of combine the main highlights of them. But for now, we're starting with Coles Bay and Coles Bay, within that, there is Fresnayette tucked away in this area of Tasmania that if you drive up, you could easily pass it, to be honest, if you if you weren't looking for it. Luckily, it's it's really well known. One of the most notable places in Coles Bay is Wineglass Bay, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. But Wineglass Bay is a huge tourist attraction. It's one of the most beautiful beaches and it has really gorgeous hikes and bushwalks all around the the main beach to other beaches as well, which we'll we'll talk a little bit more about. In terms of people who visit Coles Bay, it's actually quite interesting because I was looking at some of the data from 2019 to now, and tourism in, in Tasmania hasn't actually really recovered from COVID-19 in the way it has in other states. And so things are actually not anywhere really near full levels of 2019 tourism. All regions of Tasmania are down actually between 30 and 44% compared to 2019 levels, which is really actually sobering to hear. I think that it's just really devastating. It's such a remote area, which can make it really difficult to get to. If you're coming from abroad, it's 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 particularly challenging to get to because you would have to fly, uh, I believe, or at least this is the case last time I checked, but I'm pretty sure this is still the case. You'd have to fly into Sydney, down to Tasmania, and then back into Sydney, and then out from Sydney elsewhere. That being said, people do do that. My parents have some friends that actually just came down later last year, I believe, in November, and they came down here, did some time in Sydney, did a, a trek and some activities in Tasmania and came back. So people do do that, but it is, it's a lot. And so you might be a little bit discouraged by the trip. But two, Tasmania is not as well known as it could be. They recently actually just had a great PR campaign in Sydney that really highlighted traveling to Tasmania. It's actually still in Martin Place. If you live in Sydney and go through Martin Place, they have a great campaign to try to encourage people to travel to Tasmania in the winter. Because you can imagine if you're some of these businesses that are really small, the window for summer is actually quite short in Tasmania. So if you are not able to make up all of your revenue that you have in previous summers before COVID in the summer, and you're hoping that people will, you know, then you would really just be left to be hoped that people would be coming to visit throughout the winter times. So things aren't where they were in 2019. I actually, so the years I have visited in Tasmania, 2019 in September, 2019 for my birthday, I went back again in December of 2020, right when the lockdowns ended. And it was actually really interesting. I was on one of the last flights out of Sydney before Tasmania closed their borders to Sydney. So it was on the plane that I found out Tasmania was closing its borders to anyone coming from Sydney starting from midnight. And I was on a flight that landed at 6 p.m. I was the one of the only, I think it was my only friends, one of my only 
group of friends that was able to get out of Sydney for Christmas, which was so wild. It was, it was crazy. I was really lucky and I ended up having a great trip. But a lot of my friends had to change their plans because there had been a pretty big COVID burst right before Christmas then. The other trip that I took to Tasmania, the third trip that I took was with a friend and we went for this festival called Dark Mofo. We went to that in winter of 2021. And so again, only about <laughs> six months after my my second trip, but this one was in winter and it was really lovely. The only caveat is that winter is actually quite cold in Tasmania. So important to factor that into your plans whenever you decide to visit, but it was phenomenal. And we'll have more episodes on that trip specifically. So if you're planning a trip to Coles Bay or to Tasmania, Coles Bay is a must see. You really can't go to Tasmania and not visit Coles Bay. Coles Bay with Wineglass Bay, it's such a great place to stop. And I really want everyone to add it to their list because Tasmania itself is phenomenal. You can do a trip around the entire state within a week easily. And I have done that and it's really doable. But Coles Bay is definitely needs to be a stop on the trip because it's very quintessentially Tasmanian. With this trip, one of my favorite parts was when visiting Coles Bay was the hikes. Tasmania, if you don't know too much about it, very outdoors focused. It has amazing hikes and it's really difficult to even compare it to another state in Australia. I think in New South Wales, it does have a lot of hikes, but it's still really quite different. I really did love it in a way that I love Montana because it has really crisp, fresh air. It's cold in the mornings, but it can really warm up beautiful beaches. They're incredibly pristine. They have these camping spots right along the beaches that are just absolutely surreal. And there's a big focus on doing outdoor activities there. I haven't done one of these treks, but Tasmania is one of the states that has quite a lot of popular multi-day hikes, walk, treks, um, there's a couple uh, around Fresenet, um, actually, what we're talking about today in Coles Bay. And there's a there's a number of them throughout the state. So it is on my bucket list to do that at some point. And I'll definitely report back if and when I do. But it's a really great spot that values the outdoors, which is one of the reasons why I really enjoy traveling to Tasmania. And so Coles Bay has definitely my some of my favorite hikes actually, I mean, think my second most favorite hike, or it actually might be tied for first with another hike that I did up in Cradle Mountain on the other side of Tasmania. But the hikes were the biggest highlights. And when I visited Coles Bay for the first time, it was in my December of 2020 trip. So I had gone over and I had done the first uh, couple of days with a friend, and then I branched off on my own and did starting from Coles Bay um, down to Hobart and then up to Launceston on my own. And I absolutely love traveling this section on my own. It's a really great place to go if you are just looking to explore, really safe, comfortable. And there's parts of this that uh, we'll talk about in the episode today that I did on my own. 
And I also had gone back with a friend as well. So her and I did uh, a couple of things in this area too, but most of this is actually from my December trip. So when I was booking this trip, I had initially planned, started planning the portion of the Coles Bay, the kind of southeastern side, about in September. So a couple of things to keep in mind when you're planning a trip to Tasmania. One, it is far, so you definitely need a rental car. You cannot travel around Tasmania without a rental car. So get one of those booked and get it booked as early as possible because there's only so much inventory. So, you know, there's there's quite limited supply. It's an island. It's not as if you can go into, you know, kind of another area and get a rental car quite easily. There's not really that great of public transportation, if really any at all. There's no trains that I've ever seen. Uh, I think they do have buses within Hobart and Launceston. And they might go in between each of the cities, but I wouldn't count on it. And it's going to be much easier if you rent a car. When I've gone, every time we've just rented the car directly from the airport, that's been really easy, very straightforward, and the best way to drive straight after the flight and then come back and return your car and go onto your flight. When it's looking at places to stay, I think that one of the things to keep in mind as well as very similar with the car rentals is that there's limited supply. And so with that, there is not that many places to stay in Coles Bay. Some people will either stay in Coles Bay or Pacino, which is 30-ish minutes north of, of Coles Bay. There are some places in Coles Bay directly there's a couple of resorts and a couple of nicer places to to stay. But if I was visiting, I would actually stay and go camping. Coles Bay is just absolutely filled with amazing camp spots. Really beautiful, so serene, and they are really peppered throughout Fresayette National Park, which is where Wineglass Bay is. And the campgrounds are really, really phenomenal. I haven't personally camped here, but they are amazing. I've we've walked through one of them and we when me and my friend were there in 2021, we chatted to the parks and wildlife people about how to enjoy the camping there, how the camping was, and they said it was hands down really phenomenal and they would definitely recommend that if they were if anyone was coming to to Coles Bay. To recap, definitely want to rent a car. Accommodation is pretty limited. You would need to book really far in advance though because it's quite limited inventory or you can book your campground online. When it comes to camping, I wanted to also mention that it's really probably important for you, depending on the time of year, to bring either a van or a camper of some sort unless you have gear for it to be quite cold. Even when I was visiting in the summer, sometimes it can get quite cold in Tasmania. I have never been there when it's fully smeltering. You know, you are so hot, you can't stand it. And I've traveled in the summer, I've traveled in the winter, and I've traveled in the spring. And all of those times, the one common denominator was a down coat. So I took it in the summer, took it in the winter. I didn't ever not have it. And so you want to just make sure to keep that in mind. The temperatures in Tasmania can get really cold and you don't want to be caught around not having a really warm coat. 
So I would factor that into the equation. If you are thinking of doing camping, it would be a great place to go camping, like I mentioned, but make sure you have the proper gear if you're tent camping or if you're able to get a camper van, I would recommend getting one so that you can have a bit of insulation. With those two things covered, the next and most exciting part of visiting Coles Bay is what to do in Coles Bay. I really loved the hikes here, as I noted earlier. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the hikes that I did here in Coles Bay and what you should do on your trip to Coles Bay, Tasmania. For the hikes, I have done a couple of different hikes here. And what you'll want to do when you're in Coles Bay is you'll want to head to Francaillette National Park. And the first thing that you'll want to do is stop by the Parks and Wildlife Building. You'll see it on the right-hand side when you drive in. I had passed it the first time that I drove in there, so definitely make sure to keep a lookout. You will need to stop there. This is where you will get a map and you'll get a parking permit, and they're really friendly. The The Parks and Wildlife areas has everything that you could possibly need if you are camping, because again, there's campgrounds all around there. So they have some camping equipment, they have uh, you know, bug spray, they have some different utensils and backpacks and, and whatnot. When I went there on my own, I actually had, I didn't have a backpack or maybe something happened to it. I can't remember. And I went in there and I was able to purchase just one of those really lightweight day backpacks. And so really great place to have, if you have forgotten anything, you weren't able to get something in Tasmania and you need some hiking gear or whatnot. They have a lot of options at the Parks and Wildlife Building. Once you go and check out and get your parking pass at the Parks and Wildlife Building, you're going to want to head down to One Class Bay Car Park. And from here, there are a couple of really great hikes to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about the three main hikes to do. I have done, or we'll actually talk about four. I'll talk about three and that I've done, and then we'll we'll uh, give a bit of a recap on the fourth one that I actually haven't done, but I've heard a lot about. So the first and the easiest hike that you can do here at Wine, Bla- Wine Glass Bay is the Wine Glass Bay Lookout. This one's really straightforward. It takes, there actually is a part of it that takes maybe 10 minutes. It's so short. But if you go a little bit further, there's a really wonderful lookout and you know it's maybe 20, 30 minutes round trip, really short, well-equipped for kids if you have them. And it's great. You have this lookout platform. There's plenty of space on the lookout platform for a number of people to be there and take some photos. Lots of people are taking photos here, so keep that in mind. But it's a great spot to start. You can go get your bearings, see from the view, and then decide what other hikes that you want to do. So I've done that one, of course, and it would be a really great one to start with. And then you can build on off of that, depending on what you're going for. I will say the first time I ever went to Wineglass Bay, I would this was the first time, and I really wasn't aware that they had so many different hikes that you could do. They even have multi-day hikes as well, which we're not going to talk about today, but maybe at some day when I do end up doing them, I will be able to give some insight there. But I wasn't fully prepared. As I mentioned, I had to buy a backpack. I didn't really have many snacks. I didn't actually have much water. I ended up running out of water on this 
longer hike that we'll talk about. And so know going into it that you can actually have a full day hiking in Coles Bay. I think that's such a big takeaway. So you can have a really great day hiking and these are longer hikes and some of them are not easy. So you'll be able to to get a good amount of movement in outdoors on these hikes here in Wine Glass Bay. The first hike that I really enjoyed and I started with this one is the Wine Glass Bay hike, which it's almost entirely downhill on the first kind of leg. So if you're going down to it, this takes you down to Wine Glass Bay itself. It's a beautiful hike. It's really lovely, but it's a little bit of an uneven surface. So it's not super flat and I can get a bit steep at some times and going back up would be really quite challenging if you you know, weren't really kind of sturdy on two feet and it wouldn't be really comfortable if you didn't have good hiking shoes on or good tennis shoes. So that's one thing if you're doing the wine and glass bay hike. I did see a number of people in jeans and in flip-flops and slide-on shoes and whatnot. It just would not be that comfortable doing that. And it's a longer hike. So the wine glass bay one is around two and a half to three hours return. So about an hour and a half down and back. And and so it's not really a short, short hike and So I would definitely recommend doing this one. It's great. There's a lot of people at the bottom, but if you actually start any of these hikes early and start earlier in the day, you'd avoid so so much of the crowds. So I would definitely recommend starting this one early, but this is a great one. I really loved going down to Wine Glass Bay. It's really cool to see it from the lookout and then come down to the bay itself. And you could even swim there. When I visited, there was a storm that had just recently come in and there was a lot of sea trash. So you really weren't able to to swim. Um, and in the conditions, it was quite wavy as well. So you weren't able to swim, but I would have loved to swim. So maybe next time I'll be able to, to jump in. But from the wine glass bay itself, you can actually keep going. And this is the one, the full one that I ended up doing was the Wine Glass Bay and Hazards Beach Circuit. So I've done the lookout, the hike down to Wine Glass Bay, and then I didn't realize this at first, but it actually connects then to Hazards Beach and this whole circuit that's 11 kilometers long. This one was amazing. This one took me, it's about four hours, I think four and a half hours. Um, So I think maybe I did it, yeah, in four hours, sounds about right. This is the one that I ran out of water on. I I wasn't planning to do this one. I just, when I was down at Wine Glass Bay, I was on my own. I had a lot of time. And one of the luxuries when you're on your own traveling is you can just decide to do a little bit more. And, and so I did. But I really enjoyed this hike quite a bit. It was really lovely. It takes you through a number of different parts. So you see Wine Glass Bay, you see, go to Hazards Beach, you walk through some different more jungly terrain. And then you walk along the actual coast itself on the side of the the kind of rocks. On, and then you walk then through and up and over a number of little peaks and troughs. And then finally you end up back at the car park. Um, this one was really fun, beautiful views. It just was quite long. So I didn't see many people on this one at all, actually. It wasn't super populated and I definitely didn't see many families. Might be a little bit long if you have kids, depending on how old they are and what their their energy levels are. 
but I would definitely recommend on this one, don't forget the snacks and bring a lot of water because I was hiking in the middle of summer and I did not have either of those things. And I really did have a good time, but I would have had a better time if I had more snacks and some water. The fourth hike that we'll talk about is Mount Amos. And this one is the most difficult hike in the area. I have heard that this one is incredibly difficult from a couple of friends. They've said it is challenging and you need really dry conditions to do it. So if it had rained recently at all, it will likely mean that the trail, even if it was a couple of days ago, could be still really wet and really slick and really quite dangerous. The advisory on this one, you can also ask the parks and wildlife people what they advise. When we went up there in December of 2021, they told us that there was no way we were going to be able to to do this trek, even though it had been quite dry for a couple of weeks. It was still really cold and things were were just slick based off of condensation. So we weren't able to go up and do that one. And then I actually didn't know about this one when I had first went to Wine Glass Bay, so I didn't get to do it then. But this one, it's a level four, which is the most difficult. It's not kid-friendly. And I've heard from my friends who have gone that you end up hiking up large rocks. And so there's a bit of kind of rock maneuvering around. And so really important to have good equipment and to make sure that the conditions are suitable. That being said, this has the this hike has the most incredible panoramic views of Wineglass Bay. If you've seen these amazing videos that are, you know, have this unobstructed view of Wineglass Bay, those are taken at Mount Amos. When I first went there, I thought that those were taken at the lookout. How wrong I was. They were not taken at the lookout. When you see the lookout, it's amazing and it's so wonderful. But Mount Amos views are are quite different. So it's it's a goal of mine to get back to Wineglass Bay to make sure that I can see the uh, views from Mount Amos. So this is the fourth one. I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for an adventure, you enjoy hiking, you've got good equipment on. And this one, I believe, is only a couple hours. I think it's up to three hours. This one isn't going to take you all day, but again, it's challenging. So just make sure you're aware of that. And I would really check with the parks and wildlife people before you go to make sure that the conditions are suitable because they'll they'll have a really good input and I would trust what they say. They're really great and they want everyone to enjoy it as much as possible. They just want to make sure everyone is safe and, and sound when they're doing it. Outside of that, really make sure to bring your gear, swimsuit, towel if you want to swim. You can swim, which is so lovely. So you can jump in any of the beaches. There were loads of people swimming at Hazards Beach when we were there. Depending on the conditions, it can be really, really phenomenal. And make sure to bring snacks up there. I didn't find that there was that many places for snacks. So I would definitely recommend bringing snacks from Hobart. I think this is actually something I would recommend in general when visiting Tasmania is you can stock up on snacks in Hobart, but there you can go a little ways without, you know, really stopping by like a proper store. You can go a couple hours, but even then, as you get out of Hobart, you lose the the options and the different types of snacks and whatnot. So if you're like me, who's gluten-free, it's quite difficult to find a place that has really good snacks outside of a main city. 
So just be sure to stock up on those when you're in in either Hobart or Launceston. Outside of the hikes, the area of Fresnayette National Park has a couple of other beaches that I've stopped at and really enjoyed. Sleepy Bay and Friendly Beaches are really great. Friendly Beaches is a really short walk. I have heard that this one's great to swim at in the summer. I actually didn't visit this one in the summer. I visited this one in the winter, so I wasn't able to swim. It's just really cold and choppy, but have heard really good things about the swimming here. And then Sleepy Bay, also really lovely. I loved Sleepy Bay. It's maybe a short 10 to 15 minute walk down to the bottom. It's really lovely views and it's got some great rocks, like these really large and rounded rocks that have this red tinge to them. Really cool and great spot to just see. When me and my friend Jem were there, we actually saw a big sea lion that was beached up on the rocks. And so it was actually pretty wild. We ended up having to call the wildlife and parks to come move it back in because he seemed like he was stranded. It was really, really crazy that he was there. But a really beautiful walk down there. Great thing to do. Just get out of the car and get moving before or after the other hikes would be really great. And then Honeymoon Bay came really highly recommended. I haven't been to Honeymoon Bay, but this has come up on a number of searches that I've looked at for really double checking my memory on some of these places. So I would also recommend Honeymoon Bay. These are all really in the same area. Within Friends and Yet specifically, there's tons of really amazing little beaches that you can just stop off at, do a little walk and have a little picnic or whatnot. So would really recommend having a picnic or something like that in some of these as well. Moving on to what type of other activities you can do, one of the most popular things that you can do in Coles Bay, and I haven't actually done this yet, but I have some friends who have done it and they said they had an amazing time, is shuck oysters. And you can do a tour. You can take a tour that takes you in the bay with waders on and teaches you about how oysters grow. You learn how to shuck them. You get to taste them. And they said that it's a really unique experience. I would definitely recommend this if you are visiting as it's, I've I've seen this in a couple of places, but not many. And Tasmania is known for having really phenomenal oysters. So I think this is a must see if you like oysters and you're looking for a really unique experience to have while you're in Tasmania. Third main type of activity that I think that you would really enjoy if you're visiting Coles Bay is the wineries. As we talked about in a couple episodes ago with the Hunter Valley, Australia has some really phenomenal wineries. You cannot go wrong when you are visiting Australian wineries, especially when they are in Tasmania. I loved these wineries and I'm going to list out a couple for you. But before I do that, there is something called the Tasmania Wine Trail. And so you can actually view this map of the different wineries that are along the wine trail. Most specifically, it looks like on the East Coast for the most part. This is really sweet. This website is put together and it's at winetasmania.com.au. And you can go there and view the wine trails of the East Coast. Or actually, it looks like, no, there are different coast ones. So it looks like it's divided into region. 
But that one's really sweet. So you can get a list of really good ones there if you're visiting and looking for some recommendations that are outside of just the three that we're going to talk about today. These three are ones that are really specifically located around Coles Bay, right outside. And um, if you type in Coles Bay, it'll come up as, you know, really this area. And so a lot of these things will come up. But the technicality of it is like they're maybe right outside of the limit of Coles Bay, these wineries are. Um, but you would find them if you were looking for Coles Bay wineries. The first one that I really love, this is actually one of my favorite wineries I have been to ever. It has one of the most beautiful views, and this is called Devil's Corner Winery. It has such a phenomenal view. It has an actual, a whole outlook uh, area that looks over the bay, and it has just a really sweet vibe. It has, you know, these basically, they are they're kind of like the train um, boxes, the big metal boxes, the train cars. They're like train cars. So it has two or three of these train cars. One's a bar, one's a pizza, like wood-fired pizza, and one's bathrooms. And it has these situated within this little area, and then they do tastings. Uh, you can do tastings in the cellar door, and then these the wine car or the, <laughs> the wine cars, the train cars are outside for grabbing a glass of wine and then sitting down with some pizza and whatnot. So really lovely, great ambiance when it's outside. Absolutely perfect. Could not be more perfect. I have really loved this. I've been twice, and the wine is also really amazing as well. So you can't go wrong with Devil's Corner. It's a really popular one but it's one of those popular ones that comes up everywhere because it is truly really great. So that's the first recommendation I have for wineries. The second one is Fressingette Vineyard. And this one I've also been to. So me and my friend Jem visited this one. Really cozy. It has lovely wines and a little bit more intimate. You could do this one in winter, which is what we did. We did sit outside and we had a great time. It just happened to be sunny but they had a great insight as well. And the wine was amazing. Tasmania and New Zealand do really great full body reds, Pinot Noirs, anything that needs a little bit of a colder climate to be uh, you know, created into wine. They do really well. So really loved Francaillette Vineyard Winery. And then the last one, I haven't been to this one, but it has come really highly rated is Spring Vale Wines. Uh, this one looks great. And they also do like a full lunch, which could be a good option. If you're looking for something a little bit different to pizza from Devil's Corner, then I would recommend this one. Similar to our Hunter Valley episode, if you are in the area, you're wanting to do a winery hop, I would definitely recommend checking out doing a uh, tour. There's a couple companies that do the tours. Some of them also do uh, wine tours from Hobart, and then some of them do them just in Coles Bay. Definitely recommend that if you are wanting to do a couple of these, they do that so you can experience the full experience of the wineries. Other than that, for the experiences, there are 
One other thing that I would recommend is, and I haven't done it, and I don't have any friends who have, but I did come up a lot when I was doing some research, and that is the kayaking or paddle tours. This has become pretty highly rated, and it looks amazing. I will say, if I like, I would go back and I would do a kayak and paddle tour. I think that that would be another really fun way to experience the area if you had a couple of days in the area let's say maybe two full days. I think that you can easily do, and this is what I've done, you can do hiking in the first half of the day, start early, do some hiking, and then hit some wineries in the afternoon. The next day you get up, go kayaking, maybe do another walker tour too, and then head out. You don't need too much time in this area. It's again really small, so there's not a whole lot to do outside of what we've talked about today. And the last thing I've seen and I just wanted to mention this is that there are boat tours that glow that go into Wineglass Bay. And this has come up as something that's highly rated to do, but I don't know. I don't really get the vibe that it would actually be that fun because I think Wineglass Bay is so much better to experience from the land, hiking in it, through it, seeing views, different vantage points, and then being able to see these from the wineries. That's how I would definitely recommend spending my time instead of a boat tour that goes into the bay. It just doesn't seem as exciting to me. But that being said, if you are looking for a boat tour around Wineglass Bay, they do have those. But I would definitely recommend the hike and outdoor experience aspect over the boat tour. If you are from Hobart or you're in Hobart or Launceston and you're not staying in Coles Bay, the really nice thing as well is that there are companies that have day tours to Coles Bay. You could do a full day tour. As we've talked about, it's only two and a half hours from Hobart, so you can easily jump on a bus and they can take you through some of these things. You can do a full day tour that way as well. I haven't done any of those, but I, did, I looked up and they have a number of them, which is really good. So you'll be able to, um, to do those if you are interested. For the restaurants and where to eat, the funny thing is I actually haven't ever eaten in Coles Bay at all, actually. The only place I've eaten is Devil's Corner, the winery, and great pizza. Would definitely recommend pizza and wine with the views that they have are phenomenal. But if you are looking for different types of food, whether it's maybe fish and chips or a little bit more upscale, there's something for everyone. So I found that there's two two places that are a little bit more standard, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill restaurant. One is Scale Away Takeaway, and that is looks like a fish and chip spot. Really good reviews. Some of the reviews do say that it's really quite busy, but it's worth it and things move quite quickly. So that's one thing to know. And then Luca Tavern looks really good as well. Outside of those, there are a couple of really highly rated upscale experiences in terms of restaurants. So the first one is The Bay, and that one's really popular. It's The Bay Restaurant and really looks like quite fine dining, but looks amazing. Great views. Maybe you could even go there for just a drink if you're staying in the area. And the second one is Franciette Marine Farm. Looks really uh, phenomenal. And then the Lure Wine Bar and Restaurant. This one actually has 4.9 stars on Google, which is the highest rating out of anywhere that I've even viewed for um, for Coles Bay. I think even higher than 
wine glass by itself, maybe. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I have to fact check myself on that. But it looks really, really amazing. And those are three more high scale, upper scale restaurants. If you're looking for that type of experience, there also is really nice places to stay. If you're looking for a staycation, if you are, are looking to spend a little bit more and you don't want to go the camping route, you can stay, I believe actually at Fressingit Lodge, which is where the Bay restaurant is. And they have really wonderful accommodation there. So can do a little bit more of a different type of stay in Coles Bay as well. I just didn't include that too much in this review since we're talking really about um, the trips that I've taken. But I think that it would be a really great spot if you're looking to splurge a little bit to have a a stay really nice uh, resort. They do have a couple in this area as well. Overall, I really can't recommend this place enough. I think, and hopefully I've made that clear, I really love Coles Bay and I love Tasmania so much. Tasmania is just a really special place. I can't wait to keep talking about it some more. I think it's just been, it's been so funny because I talk about Coles Bay or I talk about... (laughs) I don't talk about Coles Bay all the time. I talk about Tasmania all the time. I really enjoy it. And I've been there three times. It's more than I've visited, you know, at really a lot of places. And I've always had a different experience here. It's been great going with different friends. And I think that it's someplace that everyone should visit. And so if you follow us on social media, we'll be posting different photos about um, showing some of the really beautiful spots that we've been in Coles Bay. And this will be one of a number of Tasmania episodes where we'll be talking about the other phenomenal places in Tasmania, things to do and ways to experience all that Tasmania has to offer. One of my favorite things is Tasmania. Uh, they have a slogan that is, quote, come down for air, where they really celebrate how crisp and fresh the air is. I can't even fully explain how amazing the air quality is down there. It feels so fresh and amazing. It's actually shocking. When you go down there, it just feels truly like a breath of fresh air. So much so that they've in you know some places have capitalized on it. You can buy canned air, which is obviously jokes, but it is really lovely and it's just a really refreshing place to go. It has so much just love and the people are really friendly. And Coles Bay is a really great place to start when you plan your visit. So I'm excited that we were able to talk a little bit about it today. Thank you so much for listening. That is it for our Coles Bay. Tasmania episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow along. And would if you have any time, I would love if you could leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people like you find us and that really helps us grow. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This has been so much fun creating this podcast and talking about these experiences and sharing them all with you. And it's something I I really care a lot about. So thank you so much. Um, As you go on into your day today, as we've talked about a little bit before, sometimes we leave off with these notes or thoughts. And my thought for this time is in the spirit of Tasmania, you are quote, coming down for air. I think one of the things I've really been working on recently is being a bit more in tune with my breath. I'm going through my Pilates teacher training right now. And so we're learning a lot about 
channeling your breath with your body and your movement. And so as you go throughout your day, you come into the end of this podcast, take a really deep breath, remind yourself to breathe, slow down. Everything is going to be absolutely wonderful and it's all going to work out and it's all going to be made better by the deeper breaths that you have and your body's going to thank you. So take a deep breath, take another deep breath and have a great rest of your day or start to your day if it's the morning where you are. Thank you so much. And we hope you enjoyed a little bit about Tasmania. And if you're wondering where we are going to wonder about next week, tune in next Thursday to find out. Thank you so much. Bye.